Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to Rob and Rat's World of Wonder podcast. So sit back, relax, and prepare your ears as they take you on a journey of all things weird and wonderful. Hello and welcome to the World of Wonder podcast series on the Rob Rat podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Rats, and we're back for another week, another yeah. episode. You're very welcome along. If you're a first time listener, thanks for finding us and thanks for tuning in. Uh, this podcast looks at things that are weird and wonderful from around the world. And if you are coming back to listen to us again, thank you very much for returning. Yeah, thanks a million. And you can follow us on Instagram at Rob Rat Podcast, Facebook Rob and Rats Wow Podcast. You can get us on Spotify, SoundCloud, all of them formats at Rob Rat Podcast. And we'd really appreciate it, even on iTunes or a thing. Give us a follow, give us a review, five stars, all that jazz. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, I think now we're going to go to our world famous news segment. Rob and Rats World of Wonder News. Let's do it. Rob and Rat's Weird and Wonderful News. Okay, so it's the news. So this is our news segment where we look at stories from around the world that probably you may not even have heard of because, you know, and if you're sick of hearing the old regular news, this is a different different, uh, look on the news, yeah. So my story this week is uh, the 1950s science kit that had real uranium in it. Right, real uranium. Yeah, it's crazy. An American inventor, Alfred... Carlton Gilbert sought to bring the marvel of nuclear physics to the playtimes of children across America. So he came out with kind of a children's atomic energy lab. And it actually, yeah, it consisted of actually having real uranium in it. And when the kits launched, children were generally overwhelmed by its complexity. And Gilbert later admitted that some of the kit's features may have been a bit advanced for younger children. But real uranium. Oh, yeah. So they could have got like... Yeah. Kind of like in the age of the atom and all that stuff. He thought, oh, this is kind of help, you know, them teach stuff, blah, blah, blah. But uh, as safety concerns mounted, the kits were quickly removed from store shelves. I can imagine so, yeah. Yeah. uh, But an estimated uh, 5,000 made made its way out to the world. And apparently the pits, they cost like... They were $50 at the time, which would be about 400 in today's... Yeah. So, I'd so say it was you want to have rich parents be getting that? But I say I say that'd be worth a lot of, if you had one of them now. It'd be dangerous, but what a lot of yeah, worth uranium's a lot of money. expensive, is that? I presume it probably is. Well, I'm not saying even uranium, but I'm just saying the kit as a kind of collector's item itself would have would be yeah. Imagine know. so. Yeah. If, uh, you, if anyone has a uranium <laughs> kit, <laughs> post us a bit of uranium. Uh, in other news, right? So there's a, a football club, and they had earned the, t- the name of uh, the worst professional football team in Britain. Uh, they had a 73-game losing streak oh and gosh. stretched back 840 days, which is more than two years. I don't know, you did the maths on that, but it's, it's, yeah, pretty, yeah. it's pretty long. It's it? it like two, about two and a half years, I think. Uh, anyway, the team ended its 73-game losing streak um, with because <laughs> last season, for instance, right, on their, on their team sheet. So they were at the very bottom of the league and they were minus 221 on goal difference. So they're pretty pretty bad team, right? God. But in positive news... They won their first game in 73 games and uh, they won 5-2 there recently. Jeez, uh, that th- must have been a big celebration. Oh, they, the, they went on the piss for days afterwards, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're a Scottish team. Uh, their name is Fort William and they bet a team called Nairn County. I can um, only imagine the celebration of Oh, that. you can imagine. If you haven't, like, 73 games and you haven't won a game, you had, you're minus 22, minus 221 on, the, like, on your points last season. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, on your goal difference. So to come through and win, I'm sure they just got very excited and, you know. Like that to them was the World Cup. Pretty just, much, yeah. Just one victory. Yeah. 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 So that's a feel-good story for them. And uh, that's, that's, that's our news. That was the news. That was the news. Rob and Rat's Weird and Wonderful News. In this episode, we're going to be looking at life extension. Okay, so life extension. So the dream for a lot of people is just basically to live forever, right? It's a thing that kind of like people dream of, like eternity yeah. or... I know, I've mentioned in the past, but just uh, that is my one fear is death, you know? Really, yeah. Yeah. Well, not one, I've loads, I'm afraid <laughs> of your cat, but like just... I, no, I am. I, everyone is... Most people are afraid of death. It's the unknown. I think it's the unknown, yeah, but it's also people just don't want life to end. People yeah. do like enjoy keep it. Keep the party going. Keep the party... Just keep on going, yeah. But so like there's loads of things like even the thing that people don't want to get older and older like yeah. if there's a whole industry dedicated to like uh, you see all those ads on telly and they're like you know age defending serums and all that sort of stuff but they, they don't actually say that they make you younger they reduce the appearance of aging yeah, so they yeah, make yeah. you you know they Look reduce younger. the appearance but they don't actually do anything to fight the aging process right 
But there's a uh, this this so the, what we're going to talk about here today. Later on, I'm going to give you an interview, and I'll get into what we're going to talk about in that in a little bit. But at the start, just some uh, just some scientific things that are available at the moment to try and help people fight the aging process or to maybe help with life extension. Okay. Yeah. So there's been a new blood test, and the the blood test has now been able to predict, and it's got an eighty to eighty five percent accuracy on uh, if you are going to die or not in the next ten years. So by Jesus Christ. yeah, it's it's fairly new technology, right? So basically, they take the blood test and they're looking at certain proteins and certain things in the blood, and they're able to predict whether or not you're going to die in the next ten. This is genuine next, thing, like yeah. So there's been a breakthrough, right? So uh, four forty four thousand one hundred sixty eight people were surveyed, which is a big survey. Yeah, like it's a lot of people. That is a lot of people, and it was done over sixteen years. Okay, so it's a fairly like it's a big survey. So and it was done in Germany, uh, where they take things pretty serious over there, right? So you know, it's not like I don't know in someone's basement that they're doing this. Yeah, yeah it's off of the crack. They're yeah, so they're genuine. really doing it. Right? So over 16 years. And they have they reckon that with roughly about 83% accuracy, they're going to be able to say whether or not in the next 10 years you're going to die due to whatever they find in your blood. Generally nowadays, if you go into a doctor or a physician, they can kind of give you one year to live. That's They don't generally say, oh, you've got two. You know what I mean? Yeah, one yeah. year is the kind of time frame. And they base that on things like BMI, blood pressure, all these other sorts of things yeah, that show yeah. up in your blood and stuff like that. But now this is going to be a massive predictor. Like, oh you God, need to say like, 10 years. It's that whole, que- that's that whole question that like, people often say, if you could know if and wh- when you're going to die, would you want to know? And I, I don't, I don't but think But the I'd whole thing with this science is, right, this is what we're talking about, life extension. So if you go in and they say to you, you're going to die in the next 10 years, you've got time to change your Are lifestyle. Are you talking to me? You no, you've got, time, you've got time to change your lifestyle. Yeah. You've got time to yeah. change your habits okay. and you can actually then live to, a more okay, healthy lifestyle. It, yeah. So it's not definitely... It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee, but it's, 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 it's if you continue on your yeah. lifestyle okay. now, this, yeah. is your, you know, this is your life. Oh, I this don't know why I feel better. I feel better already <laughs> that you've said yeah, that. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's mad to know. But that's yeah. the so like, for instance, I like other ways of like, so the, when people talk about living longer, right, they often say that the main problem with not being able to, uh, like, live forever is with the brain. Okay. okay. So. Because the brain shuts down. Well, the it? brain can't. So basically, the options are, like, say you've got problems with your joints, right? You can replace your knee. You can replace your hip. You can replace your shoulder. You can do all that. That yeah. can be replaced. Are you okay over yeah, there? Yeah, no, sorry. You're I feeling just, a bit uncomfortable here. I hate here, talking yeah. about all these body parts. Well, there's well. going to be a lot of that going yeah, on uh, the sorry. next while. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's squirming in no, the yeah. chair over there. Sorry, right? sorry. But uh, basically, like, so, as I said, if you've got problems with your joints, elbows, that, that can all be replaced. And then you can get, like, if you've got problems with your hands and feet, you can get these prosthetics put on. Yeah. Right? So they can even be linked to your brain. You like robotic hands. Yeah, yeah I've control. seen them. Very right. expensive, I'd imagine. But yeah. yeah, and then for instance, even your like heart, lungs, kidneys, all that stuff, you can get them transplanted and get them put in. But with the brain, you cannot have a brain transplant. That's where the that's where the consciousness lives. It's yeah, in the head. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're sorry, this really, sorry, I am fighting. You're fighting this very difficult. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I get that. Yeah, because the brain obviously is the epicenter. You know what I mean? It's the you cannot replace that. Yeah, that's where it all is. And basically, like. Uh, and also, if they were, if you were to replace all the parts of your body and do all sort of stuff, if you were to go on, they cannot still fight Alzheimer's and dementia. That is something. So there's no point in you going on with all this brand new body. Yeah. But you, you're cognitively like not there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like uh, science gone into what they're trying to do is figure out the genes and the stuff like that that causes this in later life. Okay. So there's a there's a thing called CRISPR technology, right? Which is like a it's CRISPR. G- CRISPR yeah, it's gene editing. So okay. they're able to kind of like. Say, is that a lot of something to do with what's them things that you can the what's it called that research where you take the from a fetus you know the oh embryos and stuff like yeah, that is no, it like no, stem cells stem cell research well I don't know if it's so much like so, that okay. basically like CRISPR deals with your genetic it deals with your DNA so like some people have genetic diseases right so like yeah. say for if instance if it's in your family or whatever yeah, and yeah. Like they're, they're neurological ones that affect the brain so yeah. like uh, Huntington's disease is one that's like it's a de- degenerative neurological disease which means you like it starts to de- degenerate your brain okay. right but they can isolate the gene that causes this right so and it's hereditary so if you're if someone in your say your parents have it there's a good chance you're going to get it yeah but say you decide to go and have a baby they can take your DNA and check and see like who's the carrier of it yeah, and yeah. they can remove that from the DNA so your child won't and then have... you can go for IVF and have an IVF baby yeah and then that there is that baby will not be born with that gene and that means that and then they will no longer be a carrier and that oh, eliminate mad. it's mad but that's the technology and that's, that's ways kinda... that's ways of looking to extend life yeah, and in the future, being able to do that, you know, to do with that different diseases, yeah, different and just things. eliminate it all. Now, there was a guy, I think he was in China, and we got in a bit of trouble over China? it. In China? In China, yes. <laughs> he got in a bit of trouble over it because he went and he eliminated uh, HIV 
from uh, like these, t- it was a set of twins and some woman who was having babies. And but he did it illegally, and he shouldn't have been doing well, it. Because they didn't, they didn't ask. The parents weren't, the parents weren't really sure. That neither the parents had HIV, but he removed the genetic gene that would allow the HIV to exist in the body. But that event uh, kind of changed. The yeah, video. but that's it. You see, you're very he's careful what you do. You're, you're playing permission. God. You got to be careful what you're doing there, yeah, right? Yeah. So he's kind of he kind of jumped that's the gun. Awful. Yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. Now, like people, I can imagine. Yeah, did so, he go to jail? Or I don't know because I think yeah. in China, like they, you don't know what they're doing over China? there. China, yeah, you don't yeah. know what they're doing over there. You know, but yeah. anyway, as I said, like with organs and stuff like that, they're looking to grow things in labs now and everything. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, grow your own. Well, like kidneys and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Things that you will get transplanted, uh, but like in countries like where there's a black market, you know, you can probably three D print it. Well, pr- in a way, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's the type of thing they're doing. It's like. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be like a black market for this stuff, like in countries, you know, people can get their like, kidneys bought and stuff yeah. like that. And there have I've been looking online, there's rumors of like pirate copy, of human, your you know, human farms where like people are being kept, like so the rich and elite will find people with their similar, like matching, you know, the way you have to get someone that matches yours to take, you know, if you give a kidney, if I'm a match yeah, for yeah, you, I can yeah. give you mine. Yeah, yeah. So they're out there and they're trying to find in certain countries, like to Russia, kidnap them, to take them and keep them for spare parts. Oh, <laughs> that's not funny. At no, it's all. not funny. But that's true. It's happening out there. So the people, God, are like, that is mad, isn't like, it? Yeah, I've got someone in the fridge. Well, yeah, I've just got someone there. Like my kidney's going bad. I'll take theirs, and so I can go and drink and do what I want and destroy my liver because I've got John in there, and I'll just take his liver and put it into my body. That's kind of why we did. Like we we got rid of Mick because he was a universal <laughs> bl- he was a universal blood donor, and so we for our own selfish purposes we got rid of him. That's Mick, her voiceover artist guy yeah. that you hear at the start. Yeah. God rest him. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and that basically the thing at the moment is the brain. So they, they need to be able to get the brain sorted to live for longer in order to extend the yeah, life for yeah. longer. So there are thoughts that you might like transfer the brain into like, a computer. Yeah. Do you know, so you've got to download consciousness and then it can just live forever. Upload it to Google Drive. Well, upload it. I don't know. And you become like half a robot then. And, you know, like, yeah. you know, uh, the, the robot generation takes over. Yeah. It's like, you know, you go into to like uh, Tesco or one of those shops. And yeah, yeah. People are now have been replaced by self-service. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, so speaking of that, just very quickly. Now, yeah. people have been replaced by self-service. You know, it's like, uh, place your bag in the baggage claim. Remove your item, scan, pay. Uh, I was in a shop in town um, called Deals. It's a look, it's one of these shops you can get things for cheaper, whatever. Yeah, they get deals. But up at the till, their their personal checkout thing has had Yoda's voice. They can obviously change the voices on that. So, but I, I swear to God, this no, you no, will. But I, yeah, I was, I, that was it. I was like, <laughs> take your change, you will. And I, that was genuinely it. I beat and I was like, your change, good day, goodbye. Oh, that, was cool. mm. yeah. that was cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I that's thought. cool, yeah. But one thing I always feel is when you go into, you know, they've replaced people and then you go in, there could be like seven like self-service yeah. checkouts there. But there's always still one person yeah, who's yeah. minding them. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you're standing there and like, you know. Waiting for that person to. Yeah, but you, know, you know, the way, like you're in a queue and all you're doing is watching all the self-service checkouts. You're yeah. looking to see where am I going to go next? Yeah, Where's yeah. my space? And then like one frees up and then that person goes points over there and you go, I know, I've been watching. Like that really annoys me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't yeah. need to be told. I know where I'm going. Yeah. And then you're there and then it doesn't work. And then they come over and they either put in a code or yeah, they scan yeah, yeah. a little barcode. Yeah, we're all being taken over. Like I, suppose, like I, I worked in a cinema that was all I mentioned it before, but it was all projection, you know. But now it's all been taken over by digital machines. You know what I mean? At one time, you laced up their machines. It's something that is happening. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's taken over. It's the future. Is. It is like it's future. more, more and more things are getting replaced by technology. Like that's just a. It's just it's, the way things are. Yeah. So anyway, basically. So uh, I, I've got some stuff, right, which is the Harvard Medical School posted some stuff on, like, tips on how to live longer. Okay. Okay, and top of the list is, like, don't smoke. It just yeah. seems to be, like, the one I that's used not to. there. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did when I was younger as well. Yeah. But, like, and the, I hope good, your mom isn't listening yeah, to well, this. Yeah, good news for the fact that you've quit, right? Yeah. So it's, this is from their side. So it says, if you want to live long, healthy life, make sure you're among the non-smokers. Smoking contributes to heart disease, osteoporosis, emphysema, and other chronic lung problems such as stroke. It makes breathing during exercise more, much harder and can make activity less enticing. Yeah, but there is good news, okay? So people who quit smoking can repair some of it if not all the damage done. After a smoker quits, the risk of heart disease begins to drop within a few months and in five years, it matches that of someone who never smoked. That's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? I know that they can completely heal. Like. Yeah, smoke risk drops to the, stroke risk drops to that equal of a non-smoker within two to four years after a smoker quits. So it's actually yeah, it's, it's worth quitting. So if you're out oh, there still smoking, it's worth yeah. quitting. Yeah, I mean, like if you've smoked for forty years and you quit, it'll still you will, 
you know, get back to yourself. And they reckon, yeah, if, if you quit before 50, like, you've got a much better chance. See, there was a news article there during the week of the first person apparently to die from vaping. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so vaping is supposed to be the safe alternative, but they reckon that there isn't. Oh, uh, yeah, but I'd say it's still safer than smoking. Probably, yeah. But and some people have had the pipe thing blow up. You know, oh, it explodes okay. and they've got a burn in their face from it. Oh, right. Yeah, that's not very nice. <laughs> another no, thing Harvard, no it's not <laughs> another thing that Harvard website said is that's really important is that like obviously a healthy diet yeah uh, tomatoes have been shown to be one of the foods that like it can actually extend your life really yeah so they've got like a Heinz ketchup well I don't know no, it's no, probably I'm joking, full of sugar, but, like, full of sugar. <laughs> yeah tomatoes do you so like tomatoes, tomatoes I do, do you, actually I do actually yeah. like them yeah yeah I so, want to hold a poll on our Instagram. Do you like tomatoes? How, Why do people not like tomatoes? I'm sure there is. We'll, we'll, we'll soon we'll find set, out. We'll set one up, yeah. <laughs> set one up. So tomato produces, uh, like, a, like a, it's either an enzyme or something anyway, but it reduces, ba- it, it reduces bad cholesterol, increases good cholesterol, and helps uh, lower blood pressure. Yeah. So, so why aren't, you know, when we go into the hospital, why aren't you, uh, rather than hooked up to a drip, hooked up to a tomato? Well, <laughs> that could be uh, the future's idiot. But if you ever go to Italy, you've seen an awful lot of like old women and people live long lives in Italy. They do like <laughs> just in general. If you ever go to Italy, <laughs> there is loads of old Hello, people. Robert. But I think Hello. I think Italians like they eat a lot of tomatoes and they do seem to like live a longer, <laughs> longer life. So I don't want to go to Italy at all now. This is this image of loads of eighty and ninety year olds. Hello, I oh. recognise them from the podcast. Yeah. Oh, how would they recognise us? Because oh, yeah. by our voice. Oh yeah. Hello, could I buy a tomato? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> carry on Yeah So anyway, another way to, to, to Actually calories So uh, obviously Eating loads And getting fat Is not good for you But actually eating Like a lot less So like What if you eat loads Of tomatoes Yeah but okay But they're probably Not high in calories yeah, Tomatoes yeah. But like, honestly, the ma- I think a male Is supposed to have About two and a half Thousand calories a day A female about two thousand Okay So they reckon If a man is eating About eighteen hundred And a female is eating About fourteen hundred Like you're going to extend your life, but you're not going to be happy because you're not going to be able to eat as much. But they actually reject because yeah. what the body never the body kind of goes into like starvation, uh, it's a preservation mode. Okay, so it stops kind of. It's actually better for the body, apparently. All right, so there you go. So uh, I just have a quick thing here, right? So the people that like it's a. Um, Information on the people who live the longest in the world, but you know what? It's not working for me, so it's not clicking. So we might do it afterwards. Right? Yeah, so, that's fine. Well, so, so, who are we talking to? So today? Who are we talking to today? Apart from ourselves, right? Is um, there's an interesting thing. So one of the ways that people have looked at extending life is the fact that we don't have the science to do it right now, but they may have it in the future. Okay, so yeah. freezing yourself. Okay, cryogenically freezing yourself. Yeah, I've heard of this. Okay, so, and when you start to look, I'll give you the, uh, there's a company called Alcor, okay, and they're an American company. Alcor. Alcor, A-L-C-O-R, Alcor, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they, uh, they will cryogenically freeze your body. Um, with, yeah, apparently Walt Disney was meant to have done that. Yeah, well, uh, we get into that in the interview coming oh, up. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, so coming up in the interview, so, but before we do that, I'm just going to explain a little bit the process, because I'm going to start the interview uh, not where we started talking to her because the lady is one of the founders of Alcor. Okay. But she goes through a lot at the start of That's kind really of going, interesting. going on about like the science and all that of it, okay? Yeah, and she yeah. talks a lot about it. But I'll just give you a little quick breakdown. A of quick, what, yeah, a summary. Because it kind of goes on for a bit. So okay. basically what happens is you sign up to be an Alcor member, which is a company, and then you pay your money and they're... Through their website. Through their website, Alcor.org, right? And if you go onto their website, it's actually good. It's like something out of a sci-fi film. But you're then a member and then it's on your medical records and all that. So when you die... So when you're clinically pronounced dead by like in a doctor and you're in a hospital and they say you're dead and you're yes. gone, those people are aware that you're in hospital and that you're about to die or else whatever. So they come in and they pack your body on a load of ice and stuff like that. And they start the freezing process because they're trying to preserve the body as quick as they can. Okay. Then they transfer you to their facility. They put you on a table and they start to reduce the, they start to cool the body even more. They cut you open. So they cut you open in the sternum and they get to your heart and uh, they open up your, uh, all your blood vessels and stuff and they take all the blood out of your body. Because okay. blood contains like a uh, lot of water, right? So that will freeze. So you oh, don't want right. that to happen. Okay. So what they do is they put like an antifreeze, you know, in your car, something yeah, that doesn't yeah. freeze up. They pump all that in. It's instead. your body. Instead, and then yeah. they start doing like a CPR and pumping it all around the body. So it gets into all the muscles and gets everywhere. So that when they do it, <laughs> when they do eventually freeze you, that your blood vessels don't. Because if you imagine, if you ever like uh, put like a glass bottle with water or a plastic bottle into the freezer, the water is going to expand. Yeah. And it'll burst everything. Yeah, yeah so the, they the need bottle. To, yeah, so they need to have something that's not going to fully freeze that's okay, going to go there. Yeah, so yeah. so <clears> they replace all that. And then what they do is they then put you into like a big vat. It's a big, uh, a big container. And then they put in liquid nitrogen. And that liquid nitrogen is going to keep you like extreme, whatever the temperature that is, is going to like freeze you. So the thought process is that they're going to just hold you in there 
for a certain amount of time until the like for years and years until the technology could be there 50 there she I, I talked to her a bit about it she's saying 50 to 100 years but i think what they're looking for is fairly uh you know, the, the sciences, yeah. But yeah. anyway, so I tell you what, we go to the interview with her. So we're picking it up after we've just spoken about what the process is and I'm kind of asking her then what's going on after that, okay? So uh, Linda is this lady's name and uh, Linda is one of the founding uh, members of Alcor. I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah, hey, here we go. They'll be placed in liquid nitrogen for long-term storage. Okay, and how long? How long is long-term storage? What's the what's the kind of what's the thought process at the moment? How long do you think it's going to be? How long do you think a person will generally be stored? Based on current medical technology um, and the rate at which we think it will progress, um, our best guess is a range of between fifty and one hundred years before we have. Um, revival technologies that are robust enough, powerful enough, that they will be able to repair our patients. Obviously, if you die of heart disease, you don't want to come back and still have heart disease. So we have to, number one, cure whatever it was that killed them in the first place. Number two, any um, further damage that might have been introduced during the cryopreservation procedures, which are still not 100% perfect. And number three, have to be able to rejuvenate our patients to a uh, younger age. Not, people don't want to come back and be 90 years old either. So um, 25 years old seems to be a very popular request. Um, and uh, so those are the three things that revival technologies will have to be able to do. And our guess is 50 to 100 years. Yeah, because there's quite, there's quite a lot of, um, I suppose, scientific advances there that need to happen for, that to, for those three items to kind of come together. But, you know, say, say, um, say that person does be brought back in, in 100 years' time. Are there, like, plans put in place for, so say someone in 100 years' time is like when they are reanimated or they are reawoken, those people no longer have a house or have money or jobs or stuff like that. So is there like money put aside for these people or do these people have any, does their insurance cover them for if they're reanimated? How does that work? Uh, no, insurance doesn't cover that. Um, but we do have two different revival trusts that our members can elect to use if they want to put aside money um, for the future, and um, one is a mechanism for people who can afford uh, half a million dollars or more, and the other one is for people who can't afford that much, and the minimum amount of investment in that is 25000 So people do have uh, mechanisms uh, available to them that can help them solve that question. Yeah, because you know, you can imagine... If you were to revive someone from the year 1920, 100 years later, it's they're kind of it's a, it'd be a scary world to wake up in this world now and not have any money and not have a job. I'm just sure, but that that's uh, that's it's good to know that I suppose there is some sort of plan put in place for that. There is I've, from reading, you, you can do neuro, so that's basically you freeze the head only. Is that correct? Yes. Um, it, the name neuro implies brain only, but yes. it is too easy to damage a brain removing it from the skull, so we don't do that. Um, if we did manage to get it out of the skull undamaged, we'd still need to find some kind of a cradle to protect it in. Um, and what better than your own custom-made skull? So uh, we do cryopreserve. Um, the medical term is cephalon. It means all of the uh, biological tissues of the head. And we go down to about C five or six uh, to right. do the separate. And is the thought process with that, that when someone is reanimated, that their head will be put onto a new body of a 25-year-old or onto a machine? Or what's the kind of, what, what do people expect from this in your role? Well, there, there are multiple options. The default is that you will be brought back as a biological human being. A um, new body will be grown for you from your own DNA, so it's your body. It just hasn't been damaged or aged, um, and that would be the default. Um, 
many people want something more exciting. So there are such ideas, and they're still just speculation, but um, such ideas as instead of having a body made out of biological cells all stuck together and working together, that you would have a body made out of nanorobots, uh, nanobots that are all stuck together and working together and could give you a lot of uh, additional advantages over a biological body. Like, for example, um, you would be able to think like a minimum of a million times faster just based on the physics that electricity moves through silicon a million times faster than it moves through biological tissue. So um, you'll be able to think faster and have a lot of other options available to you as well. But this is just speculation, I suppose, at the moment. Is there? Is there yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Because they they can't do that today. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So you, uh, you yourself, are you planning to be frozen? Absolutely. I'm a, uh, I've signed up as a neuro uh, member, and I'm one of those people that really doesn't want to be bored by coming back and being biological. I'd really rather have a non nanobot swarm for my body. So yeah, so you come back. You come back as like half machine almost. Is that is that kind of thought like Robocop or something like that? Um, well, that that would be a possibility. Uh, the thing is that if you uh, have a body which is made up of trillions of nanobots, you can reconfigure it anytime you want to. So you could be Robocop um, when that served your purpose. Um, most people will probably elect at least part of the time to look like they used to look when they were biological and maybe at least when they're first um, getting adjusted to the new world. Uh, I guess everybody is different and um, so the options, um, you know, there will probably be a lot of options and then different people will choose different, different ones of those. And you have family members that have been frozen, is that correct? Or in, what, what do you, you call them, patients in status? Is that what it is? Or how do you, what would right, how do you yes, to? yes. I have three family members in stasis. My husband, um, who was uh, cryopreserved in 2012, he's the other founder of Alcor. He and I did uh, that together. Um, his father... Um, was Carell preserved in 1976 and was Alcor's first patient. And uh, my mother was Carell preserved in 1990. Wow, okay. So the hope is that maybe in 100 years you're all reunited together as a family again. Yes, we certainly hope so. That's amazing. And so the first man, I just from reading, the first man ever to freeze himself or was frozen was Dr. James Bedford. Is he in your facility? Is that where he is? Yes, he is. Um, he uh, made arrangements with friends to, um, you and it's hard to say cryo-preserve uh, him. He, he was basically a straight freeze. Nobody knew anything about how to do this at that time. And he had made arrangements to have a capsule made for him. After about 15 years, his capsule was failing and his family uh, was faced with, well, are we going to build a new one or what are we going to do? So they came to Alcor and asked us if we would take over his care. And, of course, we said we would be honored to have him here. So, he, yes, he's one of our patients today. But, as you said, he was frozen in a different way. So is the thought process that maybe he doesn't have the same chances as a revival? Yes, um, that is a subject of much um, controversy and discussion. Uh, even today, uh, with our relatively sophisticated procedures compared to the early days, um, we don't always manage to, uh, uh, one of our, uh, of our members doesn't always manage to take advantage of them um, because of circumstances. For example, if a person lives alone, they die of a heart attack, and no one finds them for a week, the damage is already so far progressed that we really can't use the vasculature anymore. We can't do the cryoprotective procedures that can give them our very best um, efforts. And so even today, we have people who have very compromised circumstances 
And of course, we hope that um, the revival technologies will uh, be robust enough that they will be able to help those people as well. But since we don't know um, what will, how robust revival technologies will be, we don't know yet if every single one of our patients will be revived. And um, so that's one of the things in our legal paperwork, we have a thing called attachment one, where people make certain decisions and they give us certain directives. Um, and it's an attachment so that they can change their mind anytime they want and change those things. Um, one of the things is, do you want to be narrow or whole body, for example? Um, and another one is, if you can't, um, cryoprotect me, here's what I want you to do with my funding. Alcor never uh, touches the funding that members uh, set aside for this unless they uh, have specifically uh, bequeathed it to us to use in the research fund or the operating fund or uh, patient care trust or various ways that they can do that. But usually what they will say is, if you can't cryoprotect me, maybe they were in an airplane that went down in the ocean and the airplane was never found. So we can't uh, cryoprotect them, can't um, keep them as patients. In that case, what do they want us to do with their funding so they can tell us whatever it is, please, you know, um, return it to my family or whatever. It's up to them to decide what they would want to do at that point. Okay. And how many, how many people do you have uh, in your facility frozen at the moment? Or uh, how many patients, sorry, do you have at the moment? We, we have 171 patients and we have approximately 1,200 and 65 members, people who have made the legal and financial arrangements for this in advance. I can't tell you the exact number. Only our membership director knows that on the top That's of her okay. head. And so is there plans put in place, like say in the event of a power cut or the company runs out of money or something like that, what, what happens then? Is there is there procedures in place for that? Um, well, yes. Um, if, if we have a power outage, it doesn't matter. Um, we do not refrigerate our patients. They are in liquid nitrogen, and liquid nitrogen, just in its normal state at room temperature, it is minus 320 degrees, or it's okay. minus 196 Celsius. So we don't have to refrigerate it. Um, as far as a company failure or something, we have a separate organization with its own uh, board of directors. Um, it's called the Patient Care Trust, and uh, it is there to make sure that um, long-term care is available for our patients and uh, revival is um, covered also. And um, that trust is worth approximately $17 million today. It's always growing. Uh, for two reasons. Number one, it is invested very conservatively. We don't want to lose it. Uh, but number two, which is really the most important reason, of the funding that people set aside for this, a little bit more than 50% of it goes into the patient care trust. So in other words, whole body crowd protection today is $200,000. Uh, a hundred thousand of that goes towards getting the person cryopreserved. A hundred thousand of that goes into the patient care trust to uh, pay for long-term care and revival in the future. Okay, and but like so, um, but that that no matter say it takes two hundred years before the technology comes around that the, the, these patients are covered, even with that money. Yes. Okay. Right. And uh, so, just the, the baseball player Ted Williams is he frozen there too, or is he one of your patients? Yes, he is. Yeah, and another guy, I just want to, obviously, you're from Ireland, we don't know a lot about baseball, but he's one of the kind of high-profile guys that I've heard of. And another thing, Walt Disney, is there, did he get prior preserved? Unfortunately not. Walt Disney was interested in the uh, 1960s, but there was no capability yet. So um, 
his uh, interest is well known, but at the time of his death, there were no capabilities. So unfortunately, Walt Disney is not cryopreserved. Okay. And somebody has their cast preserved. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, we do cryopreserve pets. Um, we have about 95 pets currently. We only do that for our members. We get calls all the time um, asking if we can cryoprotect a dying pet. Um, but uh, we explain to people we're not a pet cemetery, and there would be no reason for us to cryopreserve your pet if you're not going to be there for them. Um, and you know, if we were to revive uh, a pet and they have no family, we would just have to, you know, like turn that pet over to animal control. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And is it just cats and dogs, or have there been any? Well, um, it's mostly cats and dogs. We do have a chinchilla and a turtle in addition <laughs> to cats. Wow. And dogs. Okay. Someone's the turtle. They're already in status. Are they? Or are they to be done? So, mm -hmm. somebody so say I was. Say I pass or pass on, and I'm I'm being frozen, but my dog is still alive. Do you euthanize the dog and put it in with me, or wait for the dog to pass? Um, fortunately, for dogs and cats, we don't have to. We have no laws that make us wait until uh, death is pronounced. So uh, we do have a veterinarian that works with us. Um, she comes in, and. Um, the family has uh, some time to say their goodbyes to their beloved pet. Um, the pet is then um, put to sleep um, so they don't suffer. And uh, the procedure is started while they are still living, um, which gives them an advantage that humans don't get to have yet under our current laws. And that is they don't have uh, the deterioration um, that is part and parcel of having to die uh, a slow death, um, usually for months um, before a, um, a person dies, their body is gradually deteriorating. Um, and um, there's nothing we can do about that right now. But with dogs and cats, they don't have to go through that. So they get a okay. They get so a what cryo protection. You, you think it would be more beneficial for the person if they were to be cryogenically frozen while they were still alive, like and if the law, that would be, give them a better chance, would it? It definitely would, yes. Okay, yeah, so maybe, okay, so that's, so that's something maybe in the future that might change if, uh, if, it's, if it's shown. We certainly to. hope so. Um, in this country, we have 50 states. Um, eight of those states have adopted death with dignity laws, which are, um, one version or another of the uh, right to have physician-assisted suicide. You can take uh, end-of-life drugs so that you don't have to wait uh, and you know continue to be in a state of pain and, and that sort of thing. Um, and all of Canada has adopted um, physician-assisted suicide laws. And so we're hoping that that trend will continue in that direction because it uh, definitely is advantageous not to have to wait and let your body continue to deteriorate. Uh, for one thing, frequently cancer patients, um, it is not uncommon at all for metastases of a given cancer to move into the brain. And so uh, cancer of the brain is not a good thing when you're trying to preserve that brain uh, for future. And um, so, yes, it, it's definitely advantageous if you don't have to have that kind of deterioration take place. Okay. And just one, one last question, just something I was thinking about. If, if I had a family member who had, instead of deciding to be buried, decided to put themselves in to, cry, cry, to be cryogenically frozen, am I allowed to still visit the, the, the body, or how does that work? Um, uh, yes, people can always come and visit. Um, however, uh, you have to understand that you don't see your loved one. Um, they are in uh, protective pods of aluminum, which are down inside a very large uh, doer. It, it's a uh, it's like a, a giant thermos bottle that has multiple patients in it, um, and so you can't actually see them. 
but it is very um, joyful to be in the patient care bay with them. I'm back in our patient care bay, um, not daily, but multiple times every week. And uh, I always experience this, this sense of closeness to my family members and a happiness that um, they have a, they do have potential for being able to be returned to healthy function and um, maybe I'll get to see them again. So it's, it's a very nice feeling to be there. Yeah, and I suppose just for thinking about it, you've, you've given yourself a chance at least of the future, whether, right. or not the science, whether or not the science is there yet, but you've given yourself a chance rather than if you put yourself in the ground and you decide that you're just going to become, you know, part of the earth and worm food again, or you can give yourself the chance of being frozen, I suppose, and with the, the chance of science someday hopefully being able to bring you back. Right. At least you have a chance. Um, you certainly don't have that chance if you're buried or cremated. Yeah. Okay. Well, Linda, it's been really, really nice talking to you today, and you've, you've, you've been very informative, so thank you very much. Good. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. If people want, just one last question. Obviously, I'm talking to you from Ireland. If people in Europe and Ireland are interested in this type of thing, is there a, is there a way to become members of Alcor from outside of the U.S.? Yes. We do have many European members, and um, our team, uh, as I was mentioning, can go just about anywhere in the world. Um, and we do have a, a quite a large um, membership in London, and in, well, not just in London, but in England, of members who have been members for a long time and have been trained in first response um, skills such that they would be able to um, go to a uh, member who is dying, whether in the hospital or their home, and be there uh, and perhaps do some first response things like packing them in ice until um, our team can get there and to help do some of the coordination that's necessary. We work with a um, mortuary and expatriation uh, company in London, which is very good at getting, uh, they know the laws of the different countries and can help us navigate um, to get our member out of the country and back to uh, the U.S. And so we do have uh, mechanisms and experience in doing that. Okay, that's really interesting. That's really, really interesting. Okay, well, so, well if anybody wants to find out any more information, you've got your website, which is alcor.com, I think, is it? or? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, well, uh, Alcor.org. .org, .org. Okay. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, Linda, thank you very much for speaking to me today. It's been very, very informative. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was the interview with Linda. What did I, you think? I actually really liked that interview. I thought it was a really informative interest. And it's, it's just a bit of the amount of people that are, like 171 patients that are, you know, they're yeah, now they members. And, and, and more and people like, waiting. They've 1,265 members. Yeah. Like, I nearly, like, I like what well, you said to her there, you know, kind of towards, like, I suppose, whatever people think about cryogenics and doing this, I mean, the alternative is you're either turned to ashes or you're worm food. You, yeah. you know, so, it, in a sense, if you're doing this, you're giving yourself some sort of chance. That's what you, that's the whole Do you know what you're I mean? giving yourself a chance, Like, right? so who knows what, what the future yeah. holds, if it's 500, 600 years, and that's still, you know, that could become something that's massive. And Well, you, that's it. You see, you don't know. That's and it. what the whole thing is, is you're giving yourself a chance. And yeah. it's cool. We got an answer to the question that, like, a lot of people wonder, like, is Walt Disney frozen? And you have yeah. it, you have it not. there. No, he didn't. He Where didn't we got the, the exclusive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. like, that's it. It's a thing people always thought he was, and I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no. And like her husband is frozen since 2012. Her husband's there and her mother and father, isn't that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, a lot of her family. Yeah. That's really cool that you got to talk to one of the founders of that company. Like, yeah. And the fact that she's given us a voucher now for free. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not what it want to be because it's expensive. It so is. it's 200,000 to have your full body or it's 80,000 to have just your head. Yeah, they call what was that called? Nano neuro neuro neuro. So neuro just being the brain. Yeah, like and like I thought you know it was interesting how she said because I was thinking of that like if you if I die in my nineties or hopefully one hundred and ten and I'm yeah. still sound, uh, I don't want to come back as a hundred and ten year old or ninety eight. You know what I mean? But they, they, I found that interesting. She said, well, you know, hopefully they'll be able to find a way to rejuvenate you younger. Yeah, well, and that's their it. Age, like, they're they're aiming for twenty five apparently. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a stretch. She said in fifty to hundred years. 
So there's a lot of the stuff that she wants there that is like nowhere near, you know, the technology no, to come not back. Not yet, not yeah. yet. I'd love to. I would, I would definitely, if I had the money, I would definitely do See, that. See, it, it's expensive, right? Yeah. It's, it's say you do the 200,000 and you put your body in to do it, right? And then, as I said to her, there's a trust fund for money for when you wake up again. But if you wake up in 100 years' time, if you have like even 100 grand in the bank, what, 100 grand now, what's that going to be worth then? The inflation, like. Yeah, but it's going to be worth nothing. Do you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Like, well, no, unless no, it, unless you invest in something now, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. like, If you buy like, you know, uh, what's your man, Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg is bringing out yeah. this currency of his own. He wants to bring out a cryptocurrency. It's a Facebook thing. So if okay. you bought like some of that now, that could yeah, be worth Yeah, but loads. it might not even be around in yeah, 100 be. years. Yeah. But what are you coming back? Yeah, like if you come back and you have no cash, straight away you're on the dole. Yeah. You know no one. I'm from the past and I'm on the dole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then signing on is a hassle. Like, I presume you wouldn't. I presume it'd be like, you can probably just FaceTime on or something. Yeah, but you go up to them to sign on. Whatever way they were doing it then, they're like, have you got your bets? Uh, and it's like, you're yeah. in England now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wherever. That's, I want to wake up in England. Uh, but like them even saying, are you having a laugh? Because like, you know, it's yeah. from, like I was born in 1985. This yeah. is the year 2000 for 2,190 or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, uh, I, 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 no, I really enjoyed that interview though. It is fascinating that people are doing it. And sure, look, why not? Well, that's it. You're giving yourself a chance. And we spoke, to, she's mentioned that there's a guy, Dr. James Bedford, right? So he was the first man to ever want to freeze himself. Yeah, it was yeah, his whole but thing, things right? weren't as good. Back. They weren't as good back then, but they still have him in status in there, right? Yeah. But that was, so in 1967, uh, he was frozen. Uh, but his son joined him in there in the year 2004. So he's also been cryogenically frozen. So he's hoping that he'll be getting woken up in years to come with his father. Yeah, do you know what I think is really interesting as well? Like if you think about like, you know, in the afterlife episode, we spoke to the woman who, you know, she died, she was in a coma. So say technically, say if what happens when we die, right, is say you're signed up to be cryogenically frozen, yep. both of us. And we know that when we die, we're going to be frozen. But say, okay, does, I'm hypothetically, say if it is, in 200 years, they're going to figure out how to do this and we will be successfully defrosted or whatever yeah. it is. Reanimated. Then technically what will happen when, when you're on a deathbed about to take your last breath and die and the last rites are read to you, then theoretically, literally the point that you are about to die and check out, you'll probably just wake up kind of a second later, but 100 years will have passed and you're 25 years old in the future. Yeah. That'd be really cool. It's mad, like, but it'd isn't be it? freaky. And the weird thing, you know, oh, I, sp- I'd love I spoke to her at the end then about people having their pets frozen as well. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, but the, the cat, fact, cats and, and dogs. Yeah, being... but she said, "Oh, luckily for cats and dogs, uh, you know, we don't have to wait till they die." I was thinking, uh, "Luckily for who? Like, not for the cats and dogs, because <laughs> they don't <laughs> yeah, they yeah. don't kill them. They freeze them while they're still alive. Because she reckons it gives them a better chance of survival." Yeah, that's not right. That is. Yeah, right. but she's hoping like, that in the future animal, law, laws are going to change that you can actually a human. She reckons that the best way for a human to be brought back frozen alive, frozen alive. Yeah. yeah, but if you, I suppose, if you're put under anaesthetic and then frozen, I guess. Oh God, that freaks me out. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of being frozen alive, right? Let the, it go. Let it. <laughs> there was a man called Justin Smith. Okay, and Justin Smith, he was a, uh, is an American guy, and I think it was in 2015, 2016. Justin was 25 at the time, and he was on his way home from a night out, and he slipped and fell, and he fell into like snow. And he hit his head, right? And he was unconscious. And he was lying in the cold for nearly 12 hours. And it was like five degrees below zero and it was still snowing. Okay. So emergency personnel arrived and they couldn't find signs of life. Someone even draped a white sheet over Justin's head. And the coroner was called. And uh, he was brought, the state police started to work on a death investigation to see how he had died. So even his parents were phoned to tell him that he was dead and everything. And he brought into the hospital. And when he brought in there, there was a doctor who reckoned that he may still have a chance. So he ordered the medical staff to start doing CPR on him. And they did CPR on him for two hours while they flew him to another hospital two hours away, continuing the CPR. When they got there, they did a transfusion of blood and put warm uh, oxygenated blood into his body. And two weeks later, he woke up from a coma. That's amazing. Full neurologically intact and everything. Oh, cognitive. I'd love to get him absolutely on the fine. podcast. I have looked around to see if I can try and get a contact for him. I haven't been able to find him at the moment, but we'll keep looking at it. Should we have our investigators? We'll get so we we'll get we'll get Mick onto the case and see if he can do it. Mick but like it's, it's quite away. it's quite a long it's quite a long. There's an article online. It's quite a long article, but like basically the doctor reckons that the coldness actually saved him. Yeah, yeah. So that, what but that's like if you remember our afterlife episode, we spoke to Christiana who died, and they reckon it was the what saved her was it was a really cold morning. Yeah, so they reckon and there's, there's, there's something there's in a that. Lot of, yeah, so they reckon that it slowed down the heartbeat and all the sort of stuff that gave him the signs that he was dead, but actually, like, there's still some life in him. They were able to warm him up, so they had brought him back to life, and that's a lot. So you know, if you go to someone's house, like maybe it might be you know a relative, and you're staying the night, and it's winter and it's freezing, and yeah. you're thinking, why does not that tight bastard put on the heat? Yeah. Maybe he's not. Being 
keep they're just tight. trying to keep themselves Maybe alive. it's, it's if, if, if you have a heart attack while you're staying in their gaff, you'll have more chances. To they're just extremely considerate. Yeah. <laughs> they're not tight at all. But your man Justin, he lost his fingers and toes um, due to frostbite. On the flight over to... Oh, no, due to frostbite. Due to frostbite for being out there. Because your body... This is interesting. Oh, your body, God. right? What your body does is, uh, say, like, to keep your brain and all... The bl- oh, where it takes blood from... takes the blood yeah. from all the extremities just to keep that going. You get you find all this very uncomfortable, no, don't I, you? No, I, I can't, like, I can't uh, Talk deal about with blood and guts. No, and blood, I really can't, like... Really? So I'm actually... Uh, Right. Very, very, oh, so the episode that we're going to do on blood next is really good about <laughs> No, you. no, I don't mind talking about blood, but I, I, I hate talking about body parts and things like that. Yeah. Well, you see, okay, and on the other hand, so that's there, there is some scientific kind of thought processes to it, but most of the scientific community think that cryogenics is quackery and there is no basis for science in it. Is at that the like good crack? No, quackery is in like they're quacks, you know what oh, I mean? They're no, I thought you said crackery. <laughs> no, it's, they, reckon it's, quack, quack, they yeah. reckon it's bullshit. Yeah. Basically, yeah. there's some, but some, you know what, some guy care. said it's, equi- it's the equivalent some... of taking a beef burger out of the fridge and trying to like make a cow out of it, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's okay. what he's saying. Out of the freezer. But like, so they're just saying there's no basis really in science for it at the moment. But the argument of the lady there was that they don't have it at the moment that's why they're freezing people so in the future they may be able I'd to love if like I, like I couldn't be able to afford that but like if they could just take you never know it might advance it just even from your DNA they'll be able to rejuvenate you you know if I had enough money and they'd something like the size of a can of coke to freeze my finger in or something do you know what I mean it might be a cheaper option well, just bring your finger back no but I'm saying no, no, no. <laughs> in the future but, like, but I'm saying like use my DNA to recreate my body like a clone of me or something I don't know okay yeah, yeah I just, and I can't afford to freeze my body I would if I could well, I we can start, well, would I'll you, you do it if you had the money oh, well, you see this is the whole thing as well they reckon it's a bit of a like a scam you know, because like if you if you but never, yeah. so they say two hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand to freeze your body, and then you're setting up a trust run from yourself and everything. Whereas they're basically they're just big freezers, so they're putting you into a. Well, freezer. no, it's it's like it's liquid nitrogen. It is, I know, but like it's uh, it's still a big. But it freezer. has to cost money to house them. Yeah, to employ people in the factory to do the whole thing. Yeah, I know. Of course, look, I I don't know. Like it's it's just like whether yeah. or not it whether or not it is just like uh, like. I don't know. I know, away, away I know what you're saying, yeah. And then, what, like I say, in 150 years' time, when everybody who's de- uh, defrosted, related, you know, related to you is dead and all that, and there's a load of money in an account somewhere, who's to say these people just don't take it and do whatever, you know? Yeah, but then again, I suppose if you only have money to freeze yourself, you're like coming back, it'll be kind of lonely. Like everyone you've known is gone. How, and it even wrapping, well, that's why people wrapping are doing, your mind doing around it in your family, people like freezing their families together and their pets and everything. But even that kind of wrapping your mind around how far advanced society will be, what will we be at? But like, say, 200 years ago, so 1819. If you brought someone from then till now, could you? Like, what they wouldn't? They wouldn't even have a place in this world. Yeah. What would they do? I just I like trying to explain to them how to set up what a, a podcast account. <laughs> set up a Facebook account. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, to wreck your head. It's You'd like probably even, end up just even trying to explain to an old person how to send an email at the moment is difficult. Could you imagine trying to explain that to someone who's like from two hundred years yeah, ago? Yeah, that'd be really annoying. Yeah, trying to like <laughs> teach them. What shall I press again? <laughs> yeah. Just press that. No. The, ah. Alec- Alexa. Do you yeah. Those? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's been the life extension episode. Uh, I've really actually, I genuinely really, really enjoyed that one. Somewhat, <laughs> somewhat informative anyway. Oh, no, it's good. It was yeah. interesting. So, uh, look, guys, uh, if you enjoyed what you've heard here today, uh, give us an old like on our Facebook uh, and Instagram accounts and maybe go on to uh, iTunes and give us a five star rating because that really does help. And thanks a million to everyone who's done it so far. It just helps other people find our podcast. Yeah, that's, it yeah. just kind of brings us a little bit further up the list and helps yeah. people find us. You know what I mean? We'd like to keep making these and keep mm. going. So uh, that brings uh, a conclusion to today's episode. We'd actually like to keep making these, even if we can be cryogenically frozen <laughs> and brought back in the year 2112. Yeah. Episode whatever we're on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The life after freezing. Life after Mick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, could we freeze Mick as well? We could start a GoFundMe Go account to freeze the three of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. It's been fun. It's been real. Yeah. Catch Goodbye. you next week. Cheers, guys. You have been listening to the Rob Rat Podcast. Be sure to check out our social media for updates on the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, then let us know by hitting the subscribe button, sending us a message, and telling a friend, because that's how the podcast grows. Thanks for listening.